start our praise service now out of the purple praise book number 257 in the Lord alone The battle belongs to the Lord, and we say 
Our last praise him, number 140, there is power in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Church of Robinsdale, our opening hymn, <laughs> 11, oh. 11 right a mighty along, yeah. fortress is our God. There we go. Oh boy. Here we go. Oh. 
That song was in honor of the anniversary of John and Helen Ryder, Reader. Our next praise song, in the purple praise, You Are My Hiding Place, number 17. St. Cloud, we want to welcome Dirk and Carol, and they're here to celebrate our birthday of our beloved Sunday school teacher, Ira Sims. You, you hear me oftentimes quote information that we have our Sunday school. You, we're just really blessed to have such a capable Sunday school teacher, and I believe, Ira, you've been here celebrating your birthday how many years now? Now, that you're not 13 years old, but you've been celebrating <laughs> your birthday with us for 13 years. It just seems like yesterday I can still see you coming up. And I don't think you were really upset with me when I, I said, I trust you at the, the wedding that you, the yeah. rehearsal. You know, you got the scripture probably memorized, you know, so. But again, we welcome Carol and Derek. And we... Thank God for all those that are viewing us by way of television and YouTube and, and wondering, do you give us a little briefing, Robin, on how many hits we have and a little upbeat on where we're at? And we just thank God for all those who listen and let us know on your comments and how we can possibly improve our service by way of television and YouTube and Facebook and other means. And you'll probably hear means of communication that you've never heard before. And I just want to thank Robin because she makes it possible to get all the information out. There's, There's no, no I in team. team. Right, okay. Second of all, 
people don't realize how much work it goes in to make this happen. And what I mean by that is it takes many people to make this work. Every person in this building plays a part in making this work. Every person online that listens to us through the various countries, you guys all make us all possible. So there's many, many hands and many countries involved. Just to let you know, on our podcast, the podcast itself, we are now, we are worldwide. And I'm trying to pull this up because I can tell you we have reached, as of right now, we have reached Germany, Italy, um, Bangladesh, Netherlands, Russia. We, I mean, anywhere in the world, if you have a Wi-Fi connection, then you can, then we will reach you some way or another. Our BitChute account, <clears throat> we, our BitChute account itself any, it doesn't give me when and where, but we have many people from various countries. And in fact, <clears throat> I ended up looking into, like, typing in the church on the podcast alone. And I've seen our, our services translated into Germany, Singapore, Russia, um, India, Norway, Canada, Bangladesh, France, New Zealand, Thailand. Yeah, we're reaching them from this little bit. And our bit shoot and get tube, because that's uncensored, we get an average about 60 to 120 hits per week on both, on both of them, and that's just on one site. So, I want, again, I want to thank you, online congregation, because you make this possible. Everyone in this congregation makes it possible. Everyone that walks through these doors makes it possible. And in fact, I would like my EV team to come up to get recognition. Gary, Kathy, Chris, come up. Don't be bashful. Come up. Come forth. My EV team, because I'm nothing without my team. I'm nothing without the most important part, and that is you, the online congregation and the physical congregation. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Let's give Robin a round of I just have to have to give us those upbeats periodically because I kind of lose track. And I appreciate all the support out there. And when I was in the military, I heard that there was a price on my head in, in Chile. They valued my life at $47,000 as a colonel that was a chaplain getting out the effective news and there those narkies were were just really desperate you know choosing a, a lowly humble chaplain from minnesota so that time there was a price and we thank you for your prayers and your support your prayer support and any financial support that you could provide would be greatly appreciated during our sunday school today we remembered a number of individuals in We'd like to remember those that are posted in the bulletins on special occasion birthdays and anniversaries. And if you have a birthday or anniversary, do let us know because we want to, many of our listeners um, get our bulletins and they, they remember the tremendous support. And 
we could stand up for Israel. We need to pray for Israel. Yeah. I, I can't go into great depth, but um, the United States is uh, might be saying one thing and doing another, but they are because of my closeness to the military and the fighter pilots and that they're being kind of placed on kind of a, an alert and deployment and they're kind of in, the, in those days when I was more active, you know, we, we kept our duffel bags with three sets of clothing at the door so we could be immobilized in just a few hours. Well, it's the situation that's occurring in the world now and especially in the Gulf and I have some very close uh, fighter pilot friends that are flying and, and doing interesting situations I can't really touch on, but you know, you'll be hearing about it shortly. But let's pray this morning. Father, we just want to thank you for our, our Sunday school and Pastor Iris Sims, who so faithfully has been with us for some 13 years. And we were really privileged to have his instruction over those 13 years. And we honor him today, his birthday, and in the cake that follows, and the opportunities of reminiscing. We, we do pray for Marie, who dearly wanted to be here and, and desired in so many ways to be here, but and she's trying to get acclimated and accustomed to being with her children, and that's probably not a real easy task. And we thank you for the graciousness of their children and the graciousness of Marie, and we we also thank you, Father, for having your hand of comfort upon Tina as she's experienced the loss of her a loved one. We pray. Thank you for being with Mike and his sister, and and we just pray that you continue to stabilize both Mike and and his sister, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for so many un, un, unmentioned prayer requests today, Lord. They come to our hearts and our minds. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless the reading of God's holy word that reminds us of the, the warfare, the deception that's out there. And according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. We realize, O oh Lord, that the human race continues to rush from one crisis to another crisis. We used to look at events from a year to a year as being tremendous change, and, and then it went from month to month, and then to week to week, and now it's almost daily there's a, a chaos that's going on and a crisis. And the world situation continues to deteriorate, and war clouds hang low as we tremble once again on the brink of disaster. One leading editorial asked, what shall we do to be saved? Almost the very question the jailer at Philippi asked the Apostle Paul. This 20th century writer could find no answer to this all-important question. Dr. Sir James Orr, one of the world's greatest scientists, wrote that the whole race is crumbling to destruction. The, the nations are insane. And he sounded like the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet who said the nations drank her wine, therefore the nations are deranged, according to Jeremiah chapter 51, 7. 
History has proven how right Jeremiah was. And Lord, isn't it strange how the books of Daniel and Revelation dismiss so easily, so easily in the early years of the 20th century and as we grew up and are now flourishing and furnishing those who surveyed as hour with their most effective phrases? Not only is the world itself facing these crises and deceptions, but Christianity. Christianity beholds giants, giants facing to contend with us. As we hear the beheading of babies and women's wombs being ripped open by Hamas and Hezbollah, and, and I was briefed on this some 30 years ago in the military and how the horrible that, that, that they, they view the United States and especially Christianity as a great Satan, the great Satan. They become more powerful and more worldwide in the influence they are able to exert than any of the church, any of the church has known since the downfall of paganism in Europe some 1,500 years ago. An anti-supernaturalistic Philosophy is being taught to students in universities and colleges, which even non-God-fearing parents are, are having a second thought of sending their children to higher education. It seems like God is denied and man is deified. And long ago we were told by the Apostle Paul that the day would come when humankind would turn away their eyes from the truth and they would believe a lie. This naturalistic attitude can be found in much of our contemporary literature about Jesus Christ himself. The, the virgin birth is, is being denied. Being denied. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is looked upon as a proclaimed myth. They say Christ was a good man, but that he was not God. Television commentator asked me, Randy Tabor, if I could prove that Jesus was God. And I answered, if Jesus was not God, then Jesus was the greatest liar and the most immoral man that the world has ever known. Jesus Christ claimed to be God. No good man would deliberately lie. Either Jesus Christ was all that he claimed to be or he was one of the most deceptive individuals the world has ever known. As we pray, Lord, and as we ask the presence of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we realize that naturalistic philosophers refer to the miracles of the Bible as miraculous magic and oppressive absurdities. They're trying to hammer away at the very foundation of, of the Christian faith, faith in Christ as the Son of God. Their philosophies are the basic cause of moral deterioration throughout the Western world. If there is no such thing as a transcendent God that transcends over and is imminent within all who are interested in the affairs, then there is no moral law, and each person has a right to do what he or she pleases. And when... We have sown to the wind and are now reaping a whirlwind of cheating, sex, 
fornication, sex before marriage, and adultery, sex outside of marriage, of lying and dis dishonesty and immorality on a scale that has not been known in the history of this nation. In that second giant that confronts the Christian church, today is socialism, fascism, and communism. There are those who think that if communists or the fascists or the socialists, the AOCs take over the world, they will be tolerant towards religion. This is a deception. When communists no longer need to worry about world opinion, they will do all in their power to destroy all religion. And if this should happen, all freedom of religion will have disappeared. Thus, the Church of Jesus Christ is faced with one of the most anti-aggressive, anti-God religions. We could go on and on in our prayer time, Lord, but teach us to pray as you taught your early disciples to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then I'd like to call on the, the, the real preacher in our family, my wife of nearly 50 years, Chris Tabor, and she's going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, and we encourage you to follow along. If you're driving, you might want to pull to the side of the road and grab scriptures and, and read these scriptures. Then Mike will have you on deck for the moments with the laity, if you would, please. All right, good morning. Reading from Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly places. And then reading from Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us that he might, that it, he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. Here ends the reading of the word. Good morning, brothers and sisters. The word strong, used in first verse in Ephesians, literally means be strengthened. Because even the smartest, strongest human on earth will fall, fall victim to the devil and his evil tricks and foils. 
An important note here is that everything we ever have thrown against us by Satan really has no chance of sticking because we have Jesus Christ, the Savior, in our hearts. And as bad as the devil is, the Lord is infinitely better, stronger, and more holy. Paul chose those words carefully with the verse saying we are strong in the Lord. He didn't mean closer nearby. He literally means in, inside. It's critical to realize that without Jesus, we are completely unarmed and entirely at the mercy of Satan, the evil one. When we have Jesus in and with us, the devil can surely harass and bother us, but that's, that's all he can do. He can't, he can't claim any permanent, eternal hold on us. Surely he can occasionally make us cry or frustrate us to no end, but he's not victorious in anything he does or will ever do because he is, his place is in the lake of fire. With our faith place in Jesus, the devil loses before he even tries. I almost hate to say this, but it's true. Throw everything in our lives, every situation we face, it all boils down to which point, what path we choose to walk on. None of us can say, well, I, didn't, I don't feel guilty when I did something wrong. Because you know what? The little voice inside your head, I'm not sure if I should do this. It could be the Holy Spirit saying, don't. <laughs> so, and I'm going to say a little prayer now. Heavenly Father, thanks for giving me all I need to be victorious in the spiritual battles in which all us humans are engaged. Help me to rely on you and not myself. Help me to find all I need in you and the power of your might and glory. In your name I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Go Vikes. Oh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Don't make me. No, never mind. I could ask him. I can ask him if he wants to compare Super Bowl rings, but I won't go there. Oh, I just did. Oops. <laughs> Our scriptures. At Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, our scripture starts out with the grace of God. His grace appeared here on earth to bring salvation to every person that has, is, or will ever live. I love Spurgeon's comment regarding God's unearned grace. Spurgeon wrote and said, you know that the rope is around your neck. God's grace cuts that rope even though you are guilty as charged, and deserve to die. Have you experienced the touch of God's grace that brings you salvation? If so, you are a changed person, and how have you ever changed? Uh, thank you, Mr. Spurgeon. That was an awesome quote. Then it says to await our blessed hope, or the return of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. After dispensing of our physical worldliness, the Spirit connects us with God, our Father, the Savior Jesus Christ, directly. There's not, they're not over there. They're not up there. He's here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're not only connected 
I'll go further. We contain the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. We contain Jesus. We contain God right here in our hearts. The Spirit connects us with God and our Savior Jesus and us directly. Jesus sacrificed himself to clean us from every speck or little bit of sin and unrighteousness so that God can, God can claim us back as children. We should be anxious to do good things in his name while, while we live here on this earth. Say this prayer again. Lord Jesus, I thank you for making me, us, spotless and wholly clean in your sight, Father God. We're absolutely pure white, Taurus, and there's really, I can't think of another example of how how we look to your sight, Father God, because we have faith in Jesus. We're so clean. We're back in your family. We go to you when we die. We worship you here, but we go up there to worship you for eternity. Give us wisdom so that we can do all we're able to do for you, Lord. Let's not follow our own path or evil one's suggestions. Let us do the things that we feel we should do and that we can do for you. Even if we don't feel like we can do it, maybe it's something we should take step forward to in faith and do in your holy name and for your sake. Thanks for allowing me to do this in your name, for everything I do, Jesus Christ, for you. Thank you for giving me the spirit to allow me to do that. I praise your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Would you give Mike a standing applause? <laughs> no applause, just money. <laughs> Would you stand? <laughs> Would you stand with me for a word of praise, please? Lord, I, I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, O oh Lord, would be acceptable to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm always excited, even before I encouraged, when my, um, one of my son-in-laws invited us out to eat, and I knew that there was going to be a proposal that was going to be. I always enjoyed spending time with the fighter pilots, and there was a situation that occurred when I was uh, a senior in high school that that kind of led me to the the academies. And at that time, Oden Langen was a representative and nominated me to academy. And first, I was considering West Point, and then I got the appointment. I shifted over to the Air Force Academy. And at that same time, there was a somewhat of a friend. A, a religious person that I periodically listened to on the radio in Long Prairie, Minnesota, who taught a Sunday school class in that. He was traveling down Highway 27 um, to Little Falls, and all of a sudden he'd seen these lights, and, and his car and everything just was disabled. You can actually go on Google, Google Long Prairie, and and bring up a UFO situation. I think Satan is always trying to deceive, and I believe in the future we're going to see so much more of UFOs 
and I believe they could be, well be, demonic, demonic apparitions. I talked to a lot of my F-4 and F-16 fighter pilots that have encountered, you know, just these stationary objects that can accelerate beyond Mach 1, Mach 2. But to be honest, even though I don't know what these objects are exactly, I figure that there's, there's probably a logical, logical explanation. One of the stealth fighter pilots I interviewed here when I was a newly captain back in the 1980s, I, I said, you know, how do you explain to your wife what you do when you go to work? And he said, well, I don't talk to my wife at all about being a, a stealth fighter because I travel all over the world. She just thinks that occasionally when she needs a car, she just drops me off and I just spend the time in the office. And he, he traveled the world over in stealth airplanes. And I, I asked him if they had the technology in the 1980s of stealth, stealth technology, which was like almost 40 years ago now, what do they have currently? And he said, next question. Many of our secret high-tech devices are being utilized by our government, not to mention our enemies and our foreign governments, and to protect our secret high-tech from being stolen, our governments would naturally not be transparent, but to risk espionage. One of the last times that we, we beat um, the Packers, I, I gave some angel dust to my daughter and my son-in-law who, who flew over part of the, the 16 flyovers of the game. And I understand now, I think the current word was Packers by three maybe, home field advantage or so. Well, I find it interesting that our government would naturally not be transparent about these or, or risk espionage. I find it interesting that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. I was an undefeated wrestler in high school until I went to college and met some real bodybuilders and wrestlers. But we all contend with this wrestling. And Ephesians chapter 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly, heavenly places. Pretty much eliminates and helps us to understand their warfare that we experience. And this verse isn't denoting spirits in heaven, but in the heavens. In the heavens, meaning the sky. From this verse, we learn that the demonic world, the demonic world, though unseen to us, can exist in the sky as well as dwell in the high places meaning the mountains. End time deception that Satan is using to deceive the world. 
he's using deception. He's long been planning on ruling and reigning the world through the Antichrist and so needs to create a crisis, a crisis. All this UFO talk very well may be preparing the world for the Antichrist to come and as a deception for the, the church's disappearance in the rapture. Can you imagine Christians being raptured, taken out of various positions in life and, and how the Antichrist is kind of going to try to explain the disappearance of the Christians? It feels as if things could not get any worse at times. So what do we do in times such as these? Do we mope? I think periodically uh, Ira talks about that no we could just look up for our redemption draweth nigh do we mope or hang our heads in depression do we run and hide from the world in safe little Christian enclaves no our call our call to you and I is to engage with the world our mission as light in the midst of darkness has not ended. In fact, it's greater now than it has ever been as the time of the end draws near. So as you go about your mission, your mission, you are all called as Christians to develop a mission. Many of you, by way of television or radio or YouTube and all the other outlets of, of information, Watch where you're going. Keep looking up and wake up each day with this passage on your mind. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to ungodliness and worldly lust. We, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify us for himself and his own special people, zealous for good works. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Belief in hell and the devil just sank to a new low. A new poll from Gallup reveals that more Americans reject, reject biblical truth and spiritual reality, apparently. They conveniently ignore any consequences for how they live their current lives. It may not be surprising that fewer and fewer people believe in God. Fewer and fewer people believe in angels and heaven and hell and the devil. The recent poll finds they are down to new lows. These drops in percentages may not seem significant or dramatic, but the, the outright darkness that they bring in suspicion and doubt of deception and delusion pose a greater threat to your livelihood and my livelihood. In addition to the threats to the rapid downward spiral of common decency around us. I enjoy taking a bath, and I follow my bath by shower, and I look at the 
the drain and I can kind of see the disgust of the world going down the drain. The decency around us, the coming kingdom of the Antichrist is taking shape before our very eyes with an ever-increased velocity and, and deadly fierceness, the technology that will enable the lawless one to control buying and selling in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18 is already here. It appears to be far more enslaving than we ever, than we ever imagined. The awareness that the world is rapidly moving towards the ever-described world in Revelation chapter 6 and chapter 13 gives all of us hope because it signals, it signals to you and I the nearness of Jesus appearing to, to take us home. When things seem to be falling apart, they're coming together in the name of Jesus Christ. Such an anticipation re relieves any fears that might arise from the dead pearls, the deadly pearls around us and, and should encourage us to press forward. Press forward in serving Christ. But in the meantime, however, we sometimes wonder aloud, how much longer? How much longer can it be before the Savior comes for us? as we see the concerns of, of the Palestine in our United States and we see the Maui fires been released as it concerns the tragic Maui fires, I'm compelled to write and to share with you about the gospel. Why? Because if more Hawaiians, and it wasn't too many years ago that I was challenged by the military to go if I wanted to increase my, my years in the military as a chaplain. And as I spoke to the commander there, he was not tolerant to too much Christianity. The primary candidates were Baha'i faith, Baha'i faith, because if more Hawaiians knew the gospel, they would run from their destructive pagan, pagan gods. Between the paganism of some Hawaiian leaders and military and their leftist, woke ideology, people needlessly, needlessly died. They, they didn't turn the, the water on. Things burned and they told landowners they couldn't use water to fight the fires while the fires were still small. Is it because they believed that water was sacred and we must worship, worship the water? I wrote a number of years ago, things that are so pertinent today, I, I asked back then, haven't we waited long enough for Christ's return? And just a few years later, I, I'm still wary of the, this groaning, this groaning planet, of the sick antics of today's leftists, of watching disturbing events from around the world and of, of scoffers, scoffers who mock my beliefs as though I'm some outdated Neanthro, some Fred Flintstone. So I'm bringing back some of these musings because they're assets of pagan, pagan Hawaiian culture, beliefs we, we must worship 
water, not life. And Romans chapter 2, we all have become worshiping more the created than the creator. This is not climate change, not global warming, not carbon emissions. This is the left-wing ideologues with pagan beliefs that allowed the island to burn. There is blood on the hands of the water, water worshipers. Christianity, the ABCs of Christ, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God from the pulpit to the pew, that we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to confess him as our Lord and Savior. Christianity has broke us free of pagan slavery, of superstition and reckless, reckless ideology. Please, in closing, share the gospel. We are all at that point of fatigueness. We're all rapture ready, rapture watch, burn out. The scoffers and the skeptics are gaining too much territory and too many followers. The fact that the king is coming is boring and, and just old news to them. What Hal Lindsey wrote in 1969 in his classic book, The Late Great Planet Earth, in the eyes of many, did not come to pass. Thus, there is a collective so what sigh. The pulpits today marginalize or ignore this glorious, glorious good news. How much longer can we look up with expectancy? Father, we all face this late, great planet Earth burnout. And Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of television and radio and YouTube and get you and every other means of communication. Whether you're a dedicated Christian or think so, feel so, hope so, repeat with me to know so. Dear Jesus, repeat these words. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love of me. I confess that I'm a sinner in things that I've done and left undone, things I've committed and things I've omitted. Come into my heart and life. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, as we prepare to close our service, we ask that you would turn in your bulletins and pray the offertory prayer with me. O Lord, the giver of all good, we ask you to behold in these gifts our consecration to your service. Grant that now and at all times our gratitude may be as great as our need for your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. As the offering is taken, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Read hymn number 456, honor and glory of God and the birthdays of Pastor Ira Sims and Kim. We'll ask that Ira, following the doxology, closes in prayer. And if he has any words that he'd like to share at that time, we'll have Ira come. <laughs>
Robin asked for a minute or so. Yeah. She had an announcement, and Pastor Iyer, if you'd come and get prepared to close and share any words that you'd like. Well, you may not know, but I do have friends in Israel from my former synagogue that moved there, and also I know a couple people in the IDF. <coughs> One of my friends sent out a weekly newsletter, and some, and some of the stuff I can share, some of it I can't. The stuff I can share, I'm going to share with you. He wrote about the thoughts of on world opinion. I'm not going to get the full name because some of it is could be considered borderline classified, declassified. Jay has a lot of thoughts on that he would like to share about the world responding negatively and give you tools to better understand why they are so against Israel and how to address the complaints. However, time doesn't allow for us to go into this kind of detail right now. Hopefully in the upcoming updates, I will be able to provide information at this moment. We can only simply say that the world is divided into those who love and serve God, Adonai Elohim, and those who don't. The latter, who don't know any better, they are naturally against Adonai Elohim and against his plans of Israel. Israel is a critical part of Adonai's end times plans, so it should not be surprised that any of us out there feel that they are against Israel. Not because Israel, but because of Adonai Elohim. Yesterday, the, G, the UNGA called for a ceasefire and didn't condemn Hamas or even mention them in terrorism. Israel rejected this motion because it called for delivery of fuel to Gaza, which the T need in order to stay H in the, U, in the UBs, once they run out of fuel, they will have to sacrifice, hopefully, bringing the 222H with them. Until then, most of the power is still hidden, UG, and cannot be RM. So the world calling for humanitarian aid is just another attempt from the enemy to protect and defend the terrorists. It's sad, but not surprising. Pray for soldiers, Y and A, who are protecting us. Pray for the people helping to be safe. Pray for all these hostages to be released. Um, pray for believers in the military, be the salt and light. Pray for leaders to make the right decisions. Pray for allies to continue to support Israel. Pray for the American leader to make right choices. Mm -hmm. Pray for this ministry, safetyness, and many programs are going out. You will see stuff on social media saying give, don't, because anyone on social media saying give to Israel, that is a scam, and it will not go to the Israeli people. It will go straight to the terrorist. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's interesting that the word of God says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And there is an order to God always. God's eye is on Jerusalem always. And, and even though we have been grafted in, we need to understand that they are his people. Mm -hmm. And they have always been his people. And the world 
will always stand against God, whatever represents God. And when you look at the context of what Israel is in this small sliver of land and compare it to the world, and yet there's so much conflict because the world is against God. And so as, as the message came forth this morning, you know, let that word of God take root in your heart and, and allow and understand that we don't war against flesh and blood. You know, those are distractions. The, the war is against the principalities and against the powers in heavenly places. And thank you for the word this morning. Thank you, Pastor Tabor. Thank you, Mike, for, for sharing such a powerful word. I, I pray this morning, Heavenly Father, that this word would go forth deep in our hearts. I pray that you would continue to unite us. Father, I pray that you would unite this nation, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Father, bring us back together again, Lord God. Let us be one nation under God, yes. indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Father, help us to see the error of our way, Lord God, and we just wait patiently for your son's return. We just ask that you would continue to bind us together with the cords of love, which is your son, Christ Jesus, that can never be broken. To you be praise, honor, and glory in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach Adonai. Amen and amen. 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 Okay, let us close with singing. Spirit of the Living God, number 82 in your purple praise. serve the Lord.